When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Clevedon Pier and not enough change for the bus. Fast river turning to slow sea. Huge awkward rocks for sitting. I won't worry the evening into dust. Let's step along the path a while and take some cobbled turn. The coral pink of dusk will fill the gaps between the roofs and reveal the moon underwater. everyone to the moon underwater i have to say there's a few sore heads knocking around the correct realm this evening and none sorer if the sign of him lying on the floor isn't enough of a hint than robin allender hello robin how are you doing hello yes a very sore head but it is sore with a s-a-w ah a sore head well the question on everybody's lips is how was last night for you well, it was good. It was a saw convention of the films, but everyone also brought a saw and was sort of telling saws because that's also a word for kind of proverbs, isn't it? S-A-W. And they also was quite a lot of open saws, S-O-R-E. And I think I saw a lot of saws at the saw saw convention. Yeah, because it was the annual, as well as the saw convention, it was the annual homophones uh, festival, wasn't it? It really was, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and it's a very confusing day. It can be, it can be, yeah. Give us some more examples of some of the homophones that were knocking around at the festival yesterday. Well, it can be, as I said, that, that was a can full of bees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be, can't it? Yeah, it, it can, can be. be a yeah. can full of bees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which one took home their first prize? Because they always do a sort of um, a ceremony for the, the best homophone of the festival before the saw yeah convention it was a set it was set set one um with a set of sets uh tennis sets yeah that set them all off running to a set like a what what who lives in a set badgers, badgers, set, badgers yeah. set that where they were set upon by uh that, that's it and that's it and that's it yeah 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 and it's set takes it home every year because it's they've got the most meanings in um 
in all of English, isn't it? I believe so. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good one. It's made, for me, the festival a bit of a foregone conclusion, really. Yeah, a bit like you on Wordle at the moment. Ah, yes. Wordle in one today. Yeah, well done. Well, let's not go... You know, every so often I pop back to the other realm to complete the Wordle in one. Yeah. And then I'll pop back over to the other realm to, you know, maintain the moon underwater and show my face at the homophone festival slash saw convention. Yeah, but... um some excellent grid analysis from John, which is why we don't typically use grids in the group. Yeah, yeah, just to make that clear, we don't share our grids because it's very easy to deduce other people's wordles if you have an inkling as to their starter word, which I did, uh, <laughs> and then ended up getting it in one. Anyway, Robin, I am glad that the uh, saw convention is over because a lot of the props based around it are pretty scary. And um, the last thing we'd want to do when we're welcoming in our guests this week is to scare them with sort of joker masks, sort of, you know, miniature tricycles and horrific scenes with corpses full of keys. Yeah, Uh, that's from the first one. Oh, right. Anyway, that has been avoided because uh, just sort of generic bunting has gone back up in the high street here. uh, And that's good to see. Yeah. And it welcomes in our guest here at the Moon Underwater this week. It's Helen Zaltzman. Hello, Helen. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Come into the Moon Underwater. Grab yourself a seat of your own design or just whatever we've got knocking around here. Lovely. My friend Alex said, I heard your brother on Moon Underwater and he designed the worst pub in the world. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to keeping up the family tradition. Nice. You are the first sibling combo (gasps) we've had in the Moon Underwater. Helen and Andy Zaltzman, two sides of... Very interesting coin, may I say, because, Helen, you are really a trailblazer, a podcast pioneer, one (laughs) of the founding family of this whole medium. Did you ever think that you would be invited to a podcast in a completely different realm? It's not my first time being in a different realm. Oh. Yeah, you know, not to to get cocky. I've I've travelled through some realms. But this is a this is a lovely realm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not very drafty. It's very salubrious. Do you know what? I had a feeling, I mean, we thought that this was the first podcast to take place in the correct realm. But I guess we've made the assumption that there's only the other realm, the correct realm, whereas you've been to so many other realms. I mean, there's some shit realms out there, John. <laughs> you wouldn't like them. Do you know what? There are there probably are some quite shit realms. You know, just experiments, starter realms, or you know, just like two and a half star realms. That's a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of realms where there sort of always seems to be a bank holiday recycling day change. <sighs> and no one can really work out when the bins go out, so they just leave them on the street the whole time. Yeah, it's a rail replacement bus realm. <laughs> A realm replacement bus. <gasps> oh, shit. Can you replace a realm with another realm? What are the rules? You came back for a special episode of Answer Me This this year, didn't you? Yeah, we did, just to to make people miss us, having wrapped up the podcast in 2021. You then just want to make people feel like they don't know what to expect. We could come back anytime or never. They don't know. They're just going to be on edge now for the rest of their lives. Was it sort of hard to hang up the headphones uh, after, after what was it, 14, 14 years? 14 and two thirds years. Wow. Uh, yes, it was in that 
I really liked hearing what was in the listeners' brains mm. because they asked us questions and those questions were about a lot of stuff. And that's an incredible insight to get. Usually you would have to like tap someone's phone to learn some of the stuff that we learned that they volunteered. Um, so I did miss that. And also just it seemed like a counterintuitive thing to kill a podcast that was doing fine. But hey, some of us are reckless sometimes. Um, were there any sort of alcohol or pub-based things that you learnt from your listeners over the course of those years? Well, I don't think it will surprise you that uh, a lot of the reckless things people do are under the influence of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> um, I learnt about the drink Four Loco in our return episode, ah. uh, which sounds lethally dangerous, although I think the version that they sell now isn't like a load of battery acid uh, stimulants and multiple boozes in one can. Well, we did record an episode with Olga Koch once, which unfortunately we couldn't use because the audio was corrupted, but it was one of her choices. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Someone likes to be obliterated. Was it banned in America? No, it's not banned. I think there's a few states in which it was banned. Right. But now they have tweaked the recipe so it is slightly less uh, ban-worthy. Well, I had some for loco. As a result of that podcast, I tried it in Edinburgh. Mm. I think I got four cans and there was one that was, it's quite difficult to choose it because one was cherry. So I thought, okay, I'm good with cherry. But then the other flavours are things like Blue Flash mm. and uh, Green Force. So they're sort of, <laughs> they're very colour-based flavours. Yeah. Well, that's synesthesiast kind of drink for you, like the taste of green, the taste <laughs> yeah. of red, taste of gold. I think it means they don't really have to be too specific about any base ingredients if the ingredient is a colour. But it was like, um, to describe it, it was like a sort of sweet. If you could turn a sweet into a 550ml alcohol, alcoholic drink, that was what it was like. And it was very sort of claggy on the throat, a bit like a sort of sours, like an apple sours, but if it was a a pint of it. Like those sort of sour gobstoppers, but it gets you really drunk really fast. Exactly. Do you remember a sweet called Warheads? Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's Booze Warheads. That's exactly what it is. It's Booze Warheads. And what did you do on it? Well, by that point, I was just sort of, just felt sad, I think. <laughs> oh, perfect. It was one of those evenings where you go out for sort of three or four really nice pints and then you go home full of excitement for like a sort of an after drinks and you end up just eating bad crisps and drinking booze warheads. It's the part of drinking that you should never go on to. You should stop after the four nice pints. Why is it that people can't? Why is it that then the booze warhead phase of the evening has to happen? Alcohol is a bell curve that suggests <laughs> it's a sort of a linear graph. Is that what I mean, Rob? I'm not sure, but carry on. I think I understand what you mean, John. It looks like it should be a straight line, but it simply is not. Yeah, it feels like it should get better and better up the y-axis, but it does. It sort of slumps. I think it can be summed up with the four-can dilemma, which is when you go to a party or something like that, or go to someone's house, you think, well, four cans isn't going to be enough, so you might buy eight, but then you'll end up drinking four. So I think somewhere in the, that maths is the entire problem with alcohol. Mm. that you you always think more is going to be a good idea. It sounds like the maths isn't the problem so much as the humans. Yeah, possibly. Mm. <laughs> We're always making things bad. Yeah. I, I also like that there's no option between four and eight. No. 
the, the problem could be solved by taking five cans. No, booze is base four, John. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to take them out of those plastic rings and stuff, you know, in the, in the offie. Uh, just, you know, you have to get it in fours. But uh, yeah, you're, you're quite right. If you're buying a bunch of bananas, but you don't want five, you only want three, do you take two off, Robin? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. In that situation. But not, I not, not the single can. No, no. Okay. No. Just, just checking. <laughs> so... Helen, you also have written extensively for uh, comedy programmes, especially Mm. a lot of radio comedy. And The Pub, in my very brief experience of radio comedy, it's quite a big part of the sort of the post-match analysis, the the debrief, the decompression. Have you always been a fan of pubs? Are you indeed a fan of pubs? I am a fan of pubs, which is interesting because I've never been a fan of drinking. I now don't drink at all, but even when I was growing up, you know, you're supposed to have your drunken teen years. I would have maybe one drink and then have to clean up everyone else's sick. Oh, no. (laughs) But I think pubs are so delightful when when they're the kind where you feel like time is suspended. Like when you're in them, you're like, it could be 2pm, it could be 11pm. There's no way of telling. And in the beer garden, it's always a June evening. That's what I love. And I love the the glasses that have the dimples in. I just don't really love the booze, which is really (laughs) quite a bit of the point, I think, for most people. Yes, well, the June evening. Is it always a June evening? Oh, absolutely not. You just hope it would be always a June evening and outside. Yeah, it's so nuts. I mean, when, when I think about how many nights I've actually spent in a beer garden in that sort of perfect June evening... I'm going to say it's probably 10. (laughs) And every time I think of a beer garden, that's what I see in my head. Sort of fairy lights, dusk. Maybe some blossom. Maybe a bit of blossom knocking around. Rob, how many June evenings do you think you've had? Not as many as I would have liked. But um, that's 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 such a good point. Do you you approach the pub with that kind of idealised version of it every time you go are you disappointed when it isn't that june evening well the june evening is specifically outside inside i want it to be like november yeah i want it to be like dark decor i I think some pubs these days they paint their walls white and that is Mm. extremely wrong yeah Mm. it's it's not supposed to be that way are we then beginning to get a bit of a view of helen zaltzman's favorite pub her dream pub in that it is different seasons inside and out, because I love that. Yeah. I do love a pub when it's raining outside. Oh, oh, lovely. Mm. Yeah. So how do you you manage in a pub if you're not drinking? I mean, obviously you don't need to drink in a pub, but is it it ever an issue if you... Oh, God, yeah. I think it's less of an issue now that I'm in my 40s, and also I think the culture has shifted a bit, but... When I was a teenager and in my 20s specifically, it actually really drove me away from pubs because people who are drinking really want you to drink and they're suspicious of you if you don't drink. And I just didn't want to be drunk. They're also then quite boring when they are drunk and I'm not. And often there was kind of party music, which, again, I think is inappropriate in a pub, a kind of doof, 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 because I'm there to chat. I'm there to hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think pubs were often a source of anxiety as well initially because when I was in them I was underage and I didn't know how to behave in them (laughs) because you always think oh I'm going to get found out and actually like I think the the pubs of the 90s didn't really give a shit if you were 15 but I didn't know what to order because I think the things we were drinking at home my parents were pretty lax with letting us drink because my brothers and I none of us were particularly 
inclined to get absolutely blasted. But it was stuff like port. And I was like, do they serve port in pubs? What do I do? Do they serve cider? What do I do? (laughs) And I still feel like that everywhere I go. Yeah, I like that idea of, well, I don't like the idea, but I, I, we've not really talked about pubs as a source of anxiety before. Mm. We've had some communications from women who feel sort of shut out of that ability to drink on their own in pubs. Because mm. Robin and I would often talk about, you know, going for a pint alone. And, you know, in our ignorance hadn't occurred to us that this was probably something much easier for a for a man to do. Because there's no conversations you're forced to have you know there's very little risk that people just sort of sit next to you and start start talking at you wow what's that like just not having people talking at you your entire life yeah if you go on a bus do people strike up conversation or not no, never holy shit i didn't know it could be like that but also i tell you what it's it's very true that people who are drinking want you to drink it took me about 20 years of drinking until the people who were drinking wanted me to stop drinking <laughs> And eventually did, so all fine. Congrats. I'm now kind of allergic to booze. This kicked in around 2015, 2016. I already was a rare drinker, but then when I did have that rare drink, my face started swelling up and turning purple. And people do not respect the wish not to drink, but they do respect an allergy. Yes. A little tip for any of you who wants to fake an allergy. Wow. <laughs> Just to get people off your back. So are you are you allergic to alcohol or is it to, to kind of like... Something in beer or well, wine? it seems to... Ha- I haven't done extensive tests because it is unpleasant to experience, yeah. but it has happened with, uh, like, red wine, white wine, fizzy booze, gin. Can't remember beer because I was not much of a beer drinker. Whiskey. Wow. So, yeah, it was kind of across all drinks, mm. but not every time. But enough times where I was like, 40% is too much of a risk to have a purple swollen face for the rest of the evening. Well, I am looking forward to kitting out this dream pub, especially <laughs> now that I know it's November inside and a June evening outside. Yes. It's exciting to suspend time. Oh, it's always exciting. I mean, <laughs> isn't that what we're all trying to do every single second of every day? <laughs> and when you're inside, it's raining. But as soon as you step out to walk home, it's not. Oh, yeah. yeah love I it. You're going to do e- E17 there, Steam. I don't know if you remember that song. I can't remember the lyric, but yeah. There's no need to be afraid. I remember yeah. that being the lyric. You don't need to fear steam. It's okay. Yeah, sure. But there's no steam in or outside the pub. Um, I don't know. Do they use steam in pubs for anything, like for cleaning? Sometimes when they open up the glass washer, a big billow of steam oh, comes yeah, that's out. Nice. Yeah. yeah, fogs up your glasses. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, we're going to start with two draft options, please, Helen. Yeah, I feel like people who don't drink booze are boring at choosing fantasy draft options. Uh, so my first one would be soda water, and it would be free. It is it really stokes your love for a pub when you go in and you order a pint of soda water and like you get out your wallet. They're like, no, it's, it's, it's free. That makes me more likely to spend stuff, whereas if they charge you two quid, you're like, all right, it's just water with gas in it. What are you playing at? So that's really a goodwill thing. So I do appreciate pubs need to make money. Yes. I mean, no one minds paying for a slug of cordial, but for gas itself. <laughs> for the concept of gas. Yeah. What would you have with your soda water usually? I do like a chunk of lemon or lime. Uh-huh. I would have a range of bitters available for people who are into that. I'm not saying never. It's just I don't I don't care. <laughs> uh, I love my neat soda waters. We do have a soda making machine that is capable of bubbling any liquid, but I have not experimented yet with its powers to see if it can do like fizzy gravy. <laughs> <laughs> fizzy tea. Oh, you can get fizzy I, tea, can't you? I've had fizzy tea somewhere else, yeah, but yeah. it was not hot. I assume hotness is the enemy of fizz. There's got to be some fizz science there that yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's a fantastic off-license in Edinburgh, just on the west of the meadows, and they've got an entire sort of uh, shelf of different bitters. Nice. And I didn't realise there was any... I just thought Angostura bitters was it, but there were all different flavours. What did Angostura do to become V1 bitters in most people's minds and booze cupboards? I'm going to look that up in my mind right now. And why didn't he just, they just sort out the label thing right from the start, get the label to fit the bottle? Actually, you know, if I'm allowed to add options to put into the soda water, but these would need to be for money. Fresh mint. Ooh. Maybe you can pluck it off a little bush yourself. Uh, citrus, maybe a variety of other frozen fruits. Like I've been putting frozen strawberries in my bubbly water. Nice. That's a treat, yeah. I think like a little soda water, like subway so they take your soda water past 
two um, units that contain all different things to have in your soda water, but more classy than a subway. Yeah, it doesn't have that stench of a subway emanating for several metres. No, and one of the highest turnover of disposable plastic gloves outside of the NHS. (laughs) (laughs) Subway. Yeah. God, that's depressing. Okay, that wouldn't be in my pub. There'd be metal tongs per ingredient. Yes. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of intel on Angostura bitters. The recipe was developed as a tonic by Johann Gottlieb Benjamin Siegert, a German surgeon general in Simon Bolivar's army in Venezuela. And he began to sell it in 1824 and started distilling it in 1830. It's alcoholic, isn't it, Angostura bitters? Yes, it is. It's it's actually quite strong alcohol. I think it's about, it might even be 40%. Yeah, but if you drink enough of it to feel the effects, then your your mouth will have already given up, I think. Mm. It's like vanilla extract. You just couldn't. (laughs) It's 44.7%. Wow. Wow. But yeah, there were lots of different flavoured ones available in this shop. Oh, well, I like this. I like the soda bar. Yeah, all right. I think we're on to something. And then I think also because it looks like a kind of fancy pond when you get it, you wouldn't mind paying if you could for it. No, not at all. Uh, what would be your second item? <laughs> it's so pathetic. It's another water one, but it's constant boiling water and not just like those hot taps where it's like, oh, it's nearly boiling. No, actual boiling water and then there's many types of tea on offer. Mm-hmm. Preferably leaf. There's a good collection of mugs which don't match each other. When you say constant boiling, is this different from something a friend of mine has, which is a Q, is it a Q tap or something, which is in her kitchen, and you sort of press the little thing down on the tap and it comes out boiling hot, which I find quite disturbing. I find that disturbing too. I think there's something like a hot coil in those. Or mm. Anyway, I always find the tea a little inadequate made with those because I think the water is not quite hot enough. Oh, so you want 100 degrees for your tea? Yeah, we could rack it up a few degrees because we're in a we're in the correct realm. Isn't part of the pleasure of making a cup of tea waiting for the kettle to boil? Discuss. Not in a pub, because you've already waited to be served, particularly if you're short like I am. Sure. Discussion completed. <laughs> also, we are increasing the, the, the amount of steam in the pub. God, that's true. I've turned the pub into Iceland. <laughs> the country, not the shop. So what do you think the most effective mechanism for having constantly boiling water, like one of those tea urns you get in sort of village halls? Oh, like the the big grandma urn. Yeah. Uh, We inherited a teapot from my late grandmother that went with one of those that had two handles because it was so huge and heavy if you filled it. Oh, nice. I don't know. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, the samovar might be the system. I haven't encountered one in use since I went on the school Russian exchange in 1995 but had some bloody good tea from it Mm. I think it's like a small teapot and then like the big fancy looking tank of hot water ready to go to recharge the tea fuck it let's get some samovars yeah that looks good it's very moon underwater it's very correct realm they're very ornate you could have all different sort of styles right I think that would be I like purposeful ornamentation in a pub Mm. I don't really like knickknacks because they make me feel like they're going to have a lot of dust and and the staff are not paid enough to dust a knickknack or clean a dried flower arrangement. But a samovar, it's being useful as well as fancy. I love the phrase purposeful ornamentation. Mm. That's a great steer for a publican. Everything you're using to decorate the space must contribute 
to the experience of being there directly. Yeah. Like the listeners of my podcast, The Illusionist, are big fans of a spoon that has ornamentation on it, like a scene carved into the bowl or something unusual on the handle end. So I think this pub also needs a collection of idiosyncratic spoons. I've got a spoon with a cow sort of carved on the end. Nice. It's one of the sort of, you know, the cutlery that you just inherit from exes. (laughs) You get to a stage where sort of every drawer in your kitchen has a memory of either an item or or a special fork they used to use that in the sort of cut and thrust of a breakup, they don't think, oh, I must remember to get my ornamental spoon. Um, So I've got one of those, but it doesn't fit in the dishwasher little box. Ah. That's irritating. You don't want to have to get a special mesh thing for your ex's spoons, do you? Well, no, because she's still making a mess of the dishwasher eight years after she left. (laughs) (laughs) Intolerable. (laughs) Well, donate it to a pub near you. Donate it to my pub. Donate all of your difficult spoons. All of the difficult spoons can go to uh, the purposeful ornamentation of Helen Zaltzman's dream pub. Well, this is great. So, so far, we've got the soda water bar... We've got the Samovar collection. Yeah. We've got leaf teas. We've got mugs. We've got frozen chunks of different fruit and citrus. We've got a range of bitters. We've got fresh mint. This is becoming more interesting than most pubs with booze in, I have to say. Mm. It's like a garden centre that also sells antiques. So now we move on to bottles and or cans. So you get one each of those. Right. Cans. Big Tom. You know, the spicy Bloody Mary mix. Uh I love that shit. I do like to augment it with some spicy olives and a dash of the olive juice and the juice of half a lemon. I got that tip from Ollie Mam, my former podcast partner, and a celery stick. Like, if you're feeling fancy... If you love yourself, you're like, and I make myself a big tom with all the stuff in it. But you can just smash a big tom neat. They're really great. Bloody Mary is a very easy one to do without booze, isn't it? Because it tastes so strong that you don't notice anyway. It's it's a wonderful drink, but I do think you have to have the other stuff in it. Otherwise, you can start thinking, am I just drinking warm blood? Mm. So it has to be cold and it has to have all the other stuff in. I've never, never been into the Bloody Mary scene. John... You, Is there a, a scene? Yeah, there's no a scene. Me. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a big scene. I had a, a Bloody Mary making competition in my house <gasps> where we invented four different types of Bloody Mary. Which Marys did you make? There was one that had, there's this extraordinarily hot pickle that a lot of Indian chefs use in curries, which is called Dr. Naga. Mm-hmm. And one of them had some Dr. Naga stirred in with a spice blend around the rim of the glass, and that was very good. I think there was a bit of experimentation with sherry, because some Bloody Mary recipes have have sherry in it as well. Mm. How did that work out? Very pleasant evening, very tricky morning, (laughs) (laughs) because there was an awful lot in the mix. Yeah. Interesting. You're suggesting it's a a full plumbing disaster. You're setting yourself up for a bit of trouble. Yeah. 
but I have to say it was enjoyable. I think the crucial thing is, and I was the same with gin and tonics, you want to stop the glass. You have to use a different clean glass and clean ice each time. Otherwise, you just end up with sort of half-melted ice cubes, old slices of lemon looking a bit sorry for themselves. You know when, like, the, the, the last glass of Pim's on a day it's spent in a beer garden or a picnic, it just looks absolutely disgusting. It looks like the bottom of a bin. <laughs> so you've really got to be prepared to waste a bit of ice, waste a bit of lemon to make each one look perfect. The dregs of the Mary. Oh God, I've just remembered a Mary experiment we conducted many years ago. We had some friends around for brunch and for the Bloody Marys, we infused some vodka with garlic. Mm. But then once we'd run out of tomato juice... My husband was like, oh, we've got some orange juice. And he made our friend Amy an orange juice with garlic vodka in it. Oh, God. And she said it was like drinking a burp. And I think that was the <laughs> assessment. Oh, that sounds absolutely revolting. The orange Mary was awful. Mm. Drinking a burp after the dregs of multiple Marys. <laughs> yeah, multiple Marys. I've heard of people putting crispy bacon atop a Bloody Mary. <sighs> And, and lobster claws and things you sometimes get in the US. And to me, you don't want a top-heavy drink. It, it speaks of risk. Mm. It's really just there for the visuals. It's inconvenient to consume. Yeah, you're right. This is my pub. This is my rules. No no meats or fishes on the Mary Rims. You can, you can provide your own. I did buy myself a 24-pack of Big Tom during lockdown just so I could be like, I'm on an aeroplane. <laughs> like really, really small ones? Yes, the small ones. <laughs> my girlfriend got me... Um... A big, uh, you know, one of those big cardboard-backed things of scampi fries, you know, <gasps> oh during God. lockdown. That was that was fantastic. How do you avoid not just eating them all in one sitting? You don't. You don't. No, yeah. of course you don't. <laughs> what about if you charge yourself one pound fifty per packet? Oh, that's a good idea. And someone else has to get them down for you <laughs> off the back of the yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Big Tom is the first. Uh, what's the second? The second can or bottle is Bundaberg ginger beer. Mm. Oh, yes. I like a really gingery ginger beer, and that is one. And it's in a stout bottle, which I also like. So this is, is it Australian? Bundaberg? Yes, it is. The town of Bundaberg is in, is it Queensland or north, northern, north, south, northern New South Wales? I came across this in New Zealand, and I was mixing it with a lot of rum back then. And it, it is a superb uh, ginger beer. Yeah, it's really good. Because I like old Jamaica as well, but I think they've started using an artificial sweetener in there that you can really taste the artificial tang. I think that was because that was the most sugary drink on the market. Oh. <laughs> the, the old okay. Jamaica ginger beer. There's more sugar in that than a can of Coke, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. I want more ginger than I want sugar. Sure, me too. Yeah. The older I get, the least the less sweet I want things to be. This came up in a quiz I was partaking the other day. Do you know how many teaspoons of sugar in a two-litre bottle of Coke? Well, I thought there was like 10 in a 300 milliliter can. So are there like 40 in a bottle of two litres? 54. Oh, oh God. God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? But then I totally get what you mean about the sort of synthetic sugar taste. I've recently got a, uh, this protein powder, which you make sort of shakes out of. And it sort of says zero sugar. So you think, oh, great, this is going to taste lovely. It's the sweetest thing I've ever tasted because it's full of that thing, stevia. Oh, I hate stevia. Stevia is disgusting. Well, I find Diet Coke and Coke Zero do that. They still get that horrible 
furry teeth kind of feeling as if they're too sweet you know well didn't they try and uh, bring it down with short-lived green coke that just tasted sort of it was neither fish nor fowl <laughs> surf and turf coke <laughs> <laughs> yeah the green was the turf that could be a bloody mary <laughs> a surf and turf bloody mary probably be quite nice oh people i bet do yeah so far in helen zaltzman's dream pub we have a soda water bar with free well, no, you're willing to charge for the additional elements. The soda water is free. Uh, yes. We've got frozen fruit. You've got range of bitters, fresh mint. We've also got samovars, which are ornamentally purposeful. Or purposeful orna- <laughs> ornamentation. Basically, they're used. We use them and they look nice. Yeah. Cans of Big Tom and bottles of Bundaberg ginger beer. But it's time to take a break from this fairground of alcohol-free treats to... Enter the Moon Underwater pub quiz, Robin. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Thank you, John. Yes, welcome to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. This week we're talk-abouting derivations of words from ancient Greek. Do I know how to have fun or what? (laughs) For example, did you know that the word helicopter derives from the Greek words helix, meaning spiral, and teron, which means wing, with a P? So helicopter is made up of helico and pter. As in pterodactyl. Isn't that cool? Did, did everyone know that? I mean, I did, but I make a podcast about etymology. So, yeah. <laughs> so you'll probably, I think you'll be good on this quiz, but for sure. I'm scared. <laughs> what if I fail everyone? <laughs> uh, yes, so helicopter. I, I thought that was a great fact. Anyway, three questions on derivations of words, and we'll go through the answers in part two. So question one, what word was coined by Sir Thomas More? in 1516, from the ancient Greek for no place. No place. Question two. What word for an emotion or feeling derives from the Greek for black bile? And question three. How are the words apocalypse and eucalyptus related? They both share a common root in ancient Greek. Apocalypse and eucalyptus. So those are your three questions That's all Greek to me. Over to you, John. (laughs) Yes, good stuff. Well, we will return to Helen Zaltzman's Dream Pub after a short break. We'll come back in part two, where we will also take you off those etymological tenterhooks. Just a reminder that if you want to hear Helen's Dream Pub companion, uh, you can support the podcast on Patreon, where you also get access to Behind the Cellar Door, which is uh, the monthly bonus podcast put out by Robin and I, where we go behind the pub, behind the mind, within (laughs) the pub, within the mind, if you see what I mean. Uh, See you very soon. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 